0: If you've been with us the last uh, couple of weeks, you know that here at uh, Prairie Bible Church, we have been in the midst of a new holiday sermon series entitled "Finding Peace in the Midst of Your Holidays." It's not always easy to do. The holidays are filled with beautiful um, nostalgia and and songs and and gatherings and and. Beautiful, But we also know that it can sometimes be filled with lots of things that steal the joy and the peace from all that goodness, that goodness too. Um, we oftentimes have, I, I mentioned last week, we have this, this Hallmark Christmas card version of what we hope the holidays will be like. But all that other stuff has a tendency to steal it from us. And there's a variety of it. One of my uh, Hallmark Christmas card versions of the holidays goes like this i 'm um, sitting on the couch wearing my pajama pants. you guys like wearing pajama pants? You know the so- that really soft stuff Lisa usually gets me a pair every year. The soft material, the stretchy waistband yeah and i 'm sipping a sipping a cup of cocoa and on uh, i 'm sitting in front of the fireplace and on one side of the fireplace is the the Christmas tree, and on the other side is the is the window and there's there 's snow falling lightly outside the windows and and there 's Christmas carols softly playing all about? Feels good, doesn't it? I like that. Truth of the matter is that is not the reality most of the time, however. Most Christmas realities look more like this. Um, I've got to figure out how in the world I'm going to Buy all these Christmas. Finish my Christmas shopping for this year, and I've got to pay the bills, and I've got to figure out how to pay the bills while doing all this Christmas shopping, and then I got to figure out how to get to that meeting I was scheduled for, um, the office Christmas party, um, the the kids' school program, and all the while I have before I can do any of that, I've got to go out and shovel that snow that was falling not so softly outside the windows. I'm anxious just saying it, aren't you? I'm worn out. Well, what if I were to tell you that it's possible, in the midst of all that, to find peace? What if I were to tell you that you weren't the first generation to experience being overworked, overwhelmed, and overbooked, because you're not. What if I were to tell you that the stuff that you're experiencing, um, there's answers to it, that God has an answer for it. And he always does. When there are issues that we human beings are dealing with, God always has an answer. And the answers that God wants to give to us generally are pretty simple, Now, I mentioned this last week. Um, Generally, the answers to find peace in the midst of your stressful holiday season are simple answers, but they're not necessarily easy to apply to your life. What you're going to discover today is that the answers that God wants to give you in the midst of the craziness and the chaos of your uh, Christmas schedule, they're simple, but they're not easy. I know that. But you have a choice to make. And if you choose to receive this gift that God wants to give you, you'll discover that peace begins to flow into your life in ways that you never dreamed or imagined. So if you're looking for peace, know that God wants to offer it this Christmas season. And I'm going to show you how. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them up to the Old Testament book of Exodus chapter 18. And as you're doing that, I'll give you a little context so you understand what's going on as I try to do every week. In Exodus chapter 18... We are finding ourselves being placed right smack dab in the middle of a, conver- a family conversation. It's a conversation between a man and his father-in-law. Um, this man's name is, is Moses. You've probably heard of him, but you've probably never heard of, or my guess is you've never heard of, his father-in-law. His fathers in laws name was Jethro. By the way, a little tangent. If you come from a certain generation, first, when you hear the word Jethro, what do you think about Beverly Hillbillies, right? Those of you that don't come from that generation, you're thinking, what are you talking about? But it's, anyway, doesn't have anything to do with the story. (laughs) So we find Moses having a conversation with his father-in-law, Jethro, who isn't just his father-in-law. In In, uh, many, many years before that, uh, Jethro had been Moses' employer, but even more important than that, he had been a father figure or a mentor to Moses because Moses never really knew his dad. So they had kind of a unique and beautiful relationship. And what we find is, is that, that Moses um, had been... In, he found himself in the midst of uh, a, a calling on his life that was overwhelming him. The responsibility of it was overwhelming him. And he found himself well ill-equipped for it. So when his father-in-law Jethro came to visit... He was glad to see him because he needed just to talk, he needed to vent, he needed to just unload. He wanted to tell his father-in-law, Jethro, he says, My, I've become the nation, the leader of a nation, the nation of Israel. I've become the leader of a movement and, and I, I don't know what to do. There, I'm trying to be responsible with, the, with all the requirements and all the expectations that people have of me. But I'm, I'm failing. There's not enough hours in the day. I'm seeming like the more re- responsible I try to be, the more I drop the ball. Does that sound familiar by the way? The more I I um try to do what others expect me to do, the more I realize it can't be done. It's important stuff though. It's all stuff that needs to be done. But I can't I can't do it and I'm a failure and and I, I don't know where to turn or what to do. Well, it's at this point that um, there's a pause in the conversation. I don't know that Moses was really looking for an answer from um, his father-in-law as much as he was just needing to vent to what was going on. But Jethro, filled with the Holy Spirit and with wisdom, says, this to him. He observes, makes this observation. He says, um, all this that you're doing, the way you're living your life right now, that's stupid. That's in the way cool version, by the way. But if you look at the scripture, that's exactly what he's saying. He says, this, the way you, what you're doing right now is not good. This isn't the way to live your life. In fact, if you keep trying to live your life this way, you're going to wear yourself out and everybody else right along with you. Stop it. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us how Moses received um, this observation, but my guess is it went something like this. Because this is how I would have received it. Stop doing this. You're not living your life the right way. You're going to wear everybody out. If it had been me, I would have gone, well, duh, I know that. I know that this is wearing me out. I know that it's, gonna, it's not a good way to live. But what am I supposed to do? You see, here's the deal. Observations like that, you see, simply identifying a problem without also identifying a solution breeds frustration and resignation, which are not of God, by the way. Frustration and resignation are not of God. But the good news was that Jethro didn't stop right there either. He didn't just say, hey, what you're doing is wrong. You're wearing each other out. I don't have any advice for you, but you're wrong. He didn't say that. He said, listen to me. He, in verse 19, he goes, he says, I, if you will only listen to me, I have some godly counsel that I think might help you. And then the rest of the chapter, he spends outlining this strategy that will help um, Moses to deal with all these balls that he's trying to juggle. Now, I'm not going to take the time this morning to go through the specifics of the strategy, but I would encourage you, if you haven't read Exodus chapter 18 recently, you might want to do it because there's some, there's a lot of good stuff in there. Uh, but I knew that I wouldn't have time this morning to go through the specifics of it. So what I decided to do for you is to take the strategy and distill it for you. To try to distill it down to the principles the, the principle, the basic fundamental principles, um, wisdom that, that um, Jethro was trying to share with Moses, that you might apply those same principles to your chaotic, overwhelming circumstance. There were three of them, basically. Principle number one. If you find your, listen to me, you may be distracted right now, but I need you to listen right now. Principle number one, if you find yourself with more stuff going on in your life than you are capable of handling, you need to learn to prioritize. This isn't uh, rocket science. I told you these lessons are simple. You need to learn to prioritize. You need to learn to identify the things that are the most important things. You need to learn to identify the things that only you can do. And then throw yourself at those things. Now that's not easy to do. For a lot of people, my son-in-law, for example, is one of the most brilliant people I know in this world. I mean that wholeheartedly. I hope he's listening on uh, the internet. He is brilliant. But he'll be the first one to tell you that he struggles sometimes when it's like his life is like this basket that's just filled with stuff and he struggles to try to figure out how to make sense out of all the chaos that sometimes is his life. I realize that prioritizing isn't the easiest thing for some people to do. If that's the case, invite somebody into your life that will help you. Just just like Moses was doing with Jethro. Invite somebody into your life and say, listen, I've got all these these balls up in the air, and I can't figure out which ones I need to focus my attention on. Help me to do that. And you just lay them out in front of you, and they will help. Somebody will help. And it makes a huge difference. Learn to prioritize. And it'll change everything. Once you learn to prioritize, principle number two comes into effect delegate. You need to involve other people. There's lots of things going on in your life, but not everything needs to be done by you. So involve other people. Now, that's hard for some people too. The reason why it's so hard is because some of you are control freaks. Anybody want to raise their hands? You don't need to because I probably already know you. (laughs) Or it's just the fact that you realize that they're probably not going to do it as well as you do. And that's the truth. So you think, well, I can't really give it to them because they're not going to do it as well as I do it. Listen to me. You need to get over yourself. I'm completely and utterly sincere about that. Get over it. Because sometimes it's not about you. Have you ever heard that before? You're hearing it this morning. Sometimes the reason why you need to delegate isn't just about you finding peace. Sometimes the reason why you need to delegate is because that person that you're delegating to actually needs to learn something, needs to grow, needs to um, have ownership in what's going on. It's true, they may not do it as well as you do it. That's where the prioritizing comes in. You figure out the things that need to be done the right way, your way <laughs> and then learn to share the other stuff. prioritize and delegate. The third one is the hardest one of all. No. Learn to give yourself permission. To say no to some things. Now there's a real good chance. That all the stuff that you got going on in your life. Or most of the stuff that you got going on in your life. Is worthy of attention. Is worthy of uh, energy. And effort. But that doesn't mean that all the things that come to you. Are deserving of your energy. Your attention. And effort. Sometimes. You just need to give yourself permission to say no. Prioritize, delegate, and give yourself permission to say no. If you go back and you read Exodus chapter 18, you'll find in essence that that's exactly the advice that Jethro, inspired by the Holy Spirit, by the way. This isn't just wisdom, this is God's wisdom. That's exactly the principles that God was offering to Moses for the path that he had set him on. Because here's the deal. Every one of you have been placed on a path. And the, the truth of the matter is that God hasn't placed you on that path without equipping you to take the path. And by the way, what you're hearing right now is part of that being equipped. Prioritize, delegate, and give yourself permission to say no. Now, so we got those three principles. Now let's come back to the chaos and the craziness of the holiday season. How do we apply those three principles to some, some possibilities that may be going on in your life? Let's, let's take the first one. Um, first thing I want you to know, that um, if you're going to prioritize anyone or anything in your life, it ought to be your children. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Your children need to be your priority. Now, I'm going to stop right there and put in a little caveat. Your children's schedules don't necessarily need to be your priority. Do you understand what I'm saying? There are a lot of times that people will try to impose a schedule on your children that they'll expect you to impose on your schedule. For example, have you ever known anybody that wants to schedule a soccer game on Sunday morning or on a Wednesday night or something like that? You know what I'm talking about, right? Right? Just because someone else tries to impose that schedule for your child on them doesn't mean you need to receive it. But listen to me. You will never regret making your children, not their schedules, but making your children a priority in your life. You will never regret that. There will come a day when you turn around and your kids will be grown, and the last thing you want to do is have regrets because you hadn't made them your priority. Okay? Let's go to delegate. This one is a little scary. Uh, Let's use this for an example. Let's, uh, this is purely hypothetical. Let's say that um, your spouse um, made plans to have a Christmas party or two at your house without asking you first. I'm not going to say anything else. (laughs) Hypothetical. Uh, (laughs) My advice, or God's advice is, resist the temptation to maim him. And instead, choose... To delegate. Now, these are just some suggestions. This isn't what I'm, uh, this would not apply to any particular hypothetical situation. But, you could cho- just choose to delegate. Choose to involve other people in the party planning. Alright? Uh, ask somebody to, to bring a, a nice table decoration, holiday table decoration. Ha- ask somebody else to bring uh, appetizers or, or drinks and maybe ask another couple to, to come a little bit early and help you get ready. And what will happen is everybody will enjoy themselves a lot more. Um, your spouse will be healthy <laughs> and it'll be more fun. Learn to delegate. And the last one, um, about giving yourself permission to say no. You may have noticed this, I don't know, but especially during the holidays, this happens all the time, There, you'll, all of a sudden you'll find things scheduled on top of each other, right? Because you have your regular schedule anyway, right? And then we're trying to work in those Christmas parties and and those school programs and this and that and everything else. Listen to me. There's a real good chance when you find, if you find yourself in a situation like that where you're overworked, overbooked, and overscheduled, remind yourself that that Christmas party or that meeting that's on your calendar, they'll probably go off without a hitch whether you're there or not. Now, it's hard to hear that, isn't it? But you really aren't that important most of the time. Now, would the party be better if you were there? Sure. Would the meeting um, uh, be more informed? Absolutely. But realize that there are sometimes, if you're feeling that way, if you're feeling overworked, overwhelmed, and overbooked, realize that sometimes it's okay just to say, no. It is Okay. But there's something more, even more important that I want you to hear about all of that. If you fail to receive this, this godly counsel that we have been blessed with today, the worst thing that will happen is that you will forget or fail to remember what the season is really supposed to be about. The season is not about the office Christmas party or all the Christmas shopping. It's about Jesus, right? It is about the fact that God loves you so much that he decided to become one of you so that you might know that he knows what it feels like to try to juggle all this craziness. See, that's one of the most beautiful parts of the fact that God became one of us. One of the most beautiful parts of it all is that we can know that God knows. He gets this. He's experienced what you're experiencing. What You're, you're not the first generation to live life. And he wants you to know that he gets it. He wants you to know that in the midst of all of that, the best gift, the best present that he could give to you is is that peace that we were talking about. That hope and that salvation that belongs to you if only you would receive it. If you're going to get worked up about something, get worked up about that because that's worth it.